It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Cheryl Smith writing and rewriting history. First ever national title for Texas Tech. Jonathan Garibay. The boot is away. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. You are on once again with your boy, I'll be sure. And Texas Tech, a team that is right now has a winning record, has another home game. Undefeated at home, we have another home game in the Jones. Halloween weekend, blackout, nationally televised game against the Baylor Bears this Saturday. And to talk about that atmosphere, preview that game, I have the people's champ himself, Jeremy Gillen, with us. What's up, Jeremy? Isn't it nuts that we are, at this point, with quality opponents, still undefeated at home? And what better way to continue that streak than with a night game? We love night games here in Lubbock. What is the phrase? It's, you know, weird things happen in Lubbock, uh, night games. And it's just, you know, we won't really have many of them, right? That every time we say that, it's always a reference to what? 2008. And so it's really, it's really time to do something about it. Because the night games that we've had, uh, I think somebody was pointing this out on Twitter. Um, All the home night games we've had for the past decade have been pretty miserable, actually. So that whole like efficacy of well it's dark outside we're wearing black you guys are scared uh, it's just the numbers aren't adding up but this year may be different. Well, it it, it died it's died about a decade ago. So if you remember when we were in school, <laughs> yeah. when we were in school it was true, right? It was. When we were in school Halloween weekend and the at the Jones. Oh, you did not want to. It come was here. crazy. Yep. It was it was wild. You had the pirate. Right, so you had the, every, half the stadium was in pirate gear because that was Mike Leach's thing. So you had the pirate going on. Everybody was in head to toe in their costumes, and they were we were in, we were insane. We were an insane sixty thousand people in the stands, and it was an impossible place to play. Very similar to Penn State's whiteout. I would argue is say Penn State's whiteout when Penn State has a whiteout going on is one of the best traditions in college football, and it's a tough place to play. I would argue in the South in Texas especially. A blackout Halloween weekend was an extremely tough place to play uh, during the Leach years and even in the Tuberville years. And as we stretched into 2013 and beyond, it just it has not been that crazy of a place, right? Recently, we've been able to get back to our sellout ways this year, which we hadn't really had sellouts since 2017. So we're now we're back. Now we've... This will be what our th- our third sellout of the year. This will be our third sellout of the year, and we're we're back in a way that now the stadium's back to being full. Texas, the stadium was back to being crazy, right? It wasn't really crazy last week against West Virginia, but it was full. But now, now I think Halloween weekend against a rival like Baylor, 
it can get back to being both full and crazy. And I, I, the craziness is what I need. I need the craziness to be there Saturday. I want, with McGuire here, I think we can get back to, man, those people in Lubbock are insane. I think we can get back to that. Get back to just this wild atmosphere where other teams are like, man, what am I, what am I getting into? That's what, in basketball, Big 12 opponents feel that way. Big 12 opponents don't like coming to Lubbock in basketball. And it used to be that way in the 2000s in football, and I want to get it back to that as well. Yeah, and I think that with, again, we've kind of circled back to this again and again, with McGuire at the helm, like, he really leans into everything that, like, he is so emphatic about being at Texas Tech that he's like, what's that? That's a Texas Tech thing? Let's freaking do it. Let's let's lean into that. Let's be awesome about it. Um, You know, he wants to, like, create this create and re- like reignite this culture that he knows is here. It's like, <clears throat> you know, it's, I'm trying to think of a really good example, but it's a very wise person saying that, you know, something has gone, okay, here's, here it is. Plants. Everybody's like, everybody like, oh, I can't keep a plant alive. I can't keep a plant alive. Um, plants go dormant in the winter and people are like, oh, it's dead. They throw it away. The smart guy, he's like, you know what? This will come back. I'm going to keep loving and caring for it. And one day it's going to sprout back and it actually be better because it survived a winter. Albert's looking at me crazy because he doesn't have any house plants. He buys the fake stuff. But for all my plant people out there. Uh, how dare you? <laughs> I, how, how dare you? You know, what's, uh, I'm going to cut you off because you know what's hilarious about this. I literally just got in an argument with somebody the other day about how fake plants are for fake people. And that if you're going like to get a that. plant in your house, you got to have a real plant. Or what's the point? Anyways, continue. What's the your, point? Your, 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 your. So we can come back. And so Joey McGuire is the wise plant owner who says, you know what? It may seem dormant now. I'm going to bring it back. And then when it comes back, everybody's going to be like, oh, my gosh, this guy's this guy's he's a genius. He's wise. And so McGuire's the guy who's pitching for the long game here. Like he said, I'm going to be at Texas Tech until I die. And he's, you know, investing his time and effort into it now. And I think you've seen a lot of reception in the way that fans are filling up the stadium after such an abysmal decade. Yeah, so Joey McGuire, you're right. He's leaned 100% into Texas Tech. And it's something that a lot of coaches really haven't done. Wells tried to do it. Um, Kingsbury had a, a little bit of a swagger to him as well. That was that uh, it was funny seeing some of the more more um, reserved, conservative, older guys be like, yeah, I, I too, like, dressing and 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 ju- dugging on the sideline i dugging. do like that okay yeah <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> who is that yeah yeah Tupperville who hated everything about texas tech in west Lo- in west texas um and so mcguire however that's what his approach is to emphatically love everything texas tech and everything and that includes right bringing back the halloween weekend blackout that halloween just and I, I was excited to know that this Baylor game was going to be a blackout because it used to be almost automatic. You knew that Halloween weekend, whether they announced it or not, fans were going to make it a blackout. In the two thousands, early twenty tens, whether they announced it or not, it was going to be a blackout. We were all going to be dressed in our wildest, like I said, pirate gear or whatever black face paint you could have, right? With with Brandon Carter spewing water from his mouth and all the face paint you could possibly have on his face, and we were going to replicate it in the stands. And so I think getting back to that will be amazing. Against a Baylor team, that's beatable. Extremely, extremely beatable. So at the beginning of the year, I, if you were listening to our episodes in the offseason, I talked a lot about how Baylor was a really good team. I talked about how... Blake Shapin, the new quarterback, was better than the quarterback that they had last year. They brought back quite a few players, players in both offense and defense. Even though they, a couple of their stars did leave, like Jalen Petre, they still had just they they had some of the the most returning talent. And I I expected them to just keep the good times rolling. Um, they were my pick to win the Big Twelve, and they were the popular pick to win the Big Twelve. They were the preseason favorites to win the Big Twelve uh, from the media. And, and I think overall, I think we all agreed on that. Um, I, I believe my prediction for the Baylor Bears this year was 11 and 1. Mm-hmm. I think is what I said. 11 and 1. They are not on pace. The Bears are. <laughs> they've, they've already made that unattainable, <laughs> right? Even, even if I would have predicted 10 and 2, they've made that unattainable. Um, they are sitting at 4 and 3. And they have gone, and actually, I'm talking about looking beatable. They don't look that good. Like, they, they just simply don't look that good. So, I'll say this. There are three losses. 
The first one came in Provo at BYU. It's not a bad loss. That's a loss. Take it on the chin. Second one was a home game against Oklahoma State. Now, and Oklahoma State's a top 10 team. They're a very good team. You're at home. You're supposed to be a Big 12 title defender, and you didn't really ever look like you were the better team in that game. I'm like, oh, okay. Not a bad loss, but not a good one. Then you lose to West Virginia, and there's really no way to sugarcoat that one. Right, that's the same West Virginia team that we just bent over last weekend. Um, and, and they just lost to West Virginia. Kansas, that they played last week, they were up 28-3. to And let Kansas come all the way back to where it was a 20-23 game late in the fourth quarter until they finally scored a touchdown to, to make that game, put that game away. But this Baylor team no longer looks like a Big 12 title contender. They no longer look like a team that everybody should be scared of. And they're a team now that I'm looking at them saying, home game? Halloween, Upset City, they're not ranked anymore. I would have loved this game to be ranked. But in the 2000s and early 2010s, this was a recipe for a Texas Tech W. Yeah, I mean, I think that Baylor's been very uninspiring this year. And, you, you, I mean, we were all looking at this team going, I don't see the weak point, you know. <clears throat> in our preseason, in our, uh, like our preview pods, we're like, this is a really put-together Baylor team. I think we have met on this this year. Mattis Bear? Yeah. Yeah, so we had Matt on this year. And Matt's, you know, he's a great dude. He's pretty real. And even this, it's like, you know, it's hard to see the kink in the armor. And they go out against Albany. Yeah, okay, great. But then at BYU was the big test, right? The BYU, I said, like, this is such a big game. And we both expected really, I mean, it was going to be a tough test. But like, okay, Baylor's going to squeak this out. Um, But no, man, Provo, difficult place to play. There's some wild Mormons up there. And so, I mean, we can write off the BYU. We can write off the West or the the Oklahoma State because these are two, you know, these are two, these are two ranked teams they played. Um, West Virginia, man, that's the one that makes me, that's a big asterisk for me. And especially going out against Kansas, and Kansas is different, but only winning 35 to 23. While Kansas is on their backup quarterback, who's still good, right? But this is like you're you're not illustrating a dominating talent. You kind of really you got a couple of lucky bounces your way in that Kansas game, if I'm being honest. And now you have Baylor. What's funny to me is Baylor fans are turning around, going, "Oh, Texas Tech, y'all like y'all don't know what's coming. Like we're about to smack y'all at home." I'm like, I don't think you've been watching football this season. I just don't think it, that's the case. Um, and so there's a lot of question marks with this Baylor team, isn't there? Which is really fascinating. And so I think it does really kind of lead this. If you're going to th- – this, 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 I think the narrative for this season is becoming like winning at home, right? That was a big thing about Mark Adams during uh, basketball. It's like, you know, he didn't lose at home, like refused. There's, there's a couple things we've been doing really well this season. One has been beating teams we're supposed to beat. And two is we've been winning at home. Like those are two metrics that for Texas Tech fans, you have been thirsty for and you're getting it. And you have a really crazy opportunity uh, this Saturday uh, to take on a good Baylor team. You know, not great, but good on ESPN too. So almost ESPN. Uh, And it's a night game. This is good football. You say we're still not still not ESPN level. We're still gonna the <laughs> ESPN still two. Get the dose. We're almost yeah, there. Still- <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're climbing. <laughs> Funny enough, actually, so in, if we take football and men's basketball into account, the last home game between those two sports that Texas Tech lost was uh, Oklahoma State last year, in last November is the last home game that Texas Tech men's basketball and football have lost. So, almost a year. And I think after this game, we may be able to keep it. So, talking about talking about the Baylor Bears, I, I, so I mentioned Blake Shapin earlier. And it's interesting because Shapin hasn't had a bad year. He hasn't been bad or terrible or anything by any stretch. He also hasn't had the breakout year a lot of Baylor bands were expecting him to. And you know what he did is he's had the year of a first-year starting quarterback. And, I, you know, I, I think uh, some Baylor fans just expected that, okay, well, Shapin was the backup last year. We all know he's a better thrower of the ball than Gary Bohannon. So because he got the starting job over Bohannon, he should automatically just be Way, way, way better. And what Bohannon had was experience. He had experience. And Shapin is right now just shaping up. Ooh. 
<laughs> shaping is shaping up just to look to be a first year starting quarterback. So he's taking those lumps that first year starting quarterbacks take. I still think he's a good quarterback. I still think he has that arm talent, but he's he's taking some lumps, and so it hasn't been great, but it also hasn't been bad. And you know, you look at. I mean, so I think that's a really good way to put it. That he's like. He's not where Baylor fans wanted him to be, but this doesn't mean that he won't be, right? Like, I think Shapin's got a really high ceiling, and he shows flashes of really talented arm and really talented playmaking, um, but not the greatest season so far. And actually, uh, Shapin's been sacked a lot this season, so his offensive line has been actually kind of uh, shoddy, which is crazy to me, um, seeing this this, this, was a, this was an offensive line that didn't lose too much. Um, coming back, and yet there's 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 inconsistency, and I don't know what that falls to, if I'm being honest. But you know, <clears throat> he's he's only got twelve touched only twelve. He's got twelve touchdowns on the season, but he's also got five interceptions. Right, he's been trying to force passes. He's been called into a bunch of. Uh, he's been tricked into a bunch of difficult defensive schemes, <coughs> multiple uh, multiple defenses, and uh, they've caught they've they've caught him off guard, and they've they've uh, jumped on passes that they knew were coming. Right, so. Playing on that inexperience, like this is something that excites me about this game, is that DeRoyer is no fool. We saw it in the Houston game. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna be like doing these like first reads, we're gonna jump on the ball. Um, and so this is the same reason that we were able to get uh, what's his name, uh, JT Daniels. Uh, we were about, we were we were we were able, excuse me, to get under uh, a couple of JT Daniels passes because we knew where that we knew where they were going because they could they were frustrated they were forced into like okay we have to get the ball downfield so we got to go to this guy who's the reliable guy, bam interception and so we finally got to take three right we finally got the we finally got to take three take four um, we got take, take four. four we went at one and above That's we're right. still you know we're still in the negative uh, for the season but uh, this is going to be a t- I. I'm hoping, I'm believing by the metrics here, it's going to be a tough game for Blake Shapin. So one thing I'll say is the best way to make it a tough game for him is to do what you just said, uh, force turnovers, forcing him into turnovers. So far in the two losses that Shapin, or the uh, in the last two losses that Chapin has had, home against Oklahoma State and at West Virginia, a grand total of five turnovers from Chapin, three interceptions and two fumbles. Um, and also, funny enough, Jeremy, in those two games are also the most passing yards that Blake Chapin has had all year. He had 421 passing yards against West Virginia. Why? Because they were playing from behind the whole game. Same thing in the Oklahoma State game. He had 345 passing yards. Uh, and it, again, trying to do a little too much, playing from behind and throwing those two interceptions. Uh, and I, I think one thing that's Baylor is at their best this year when they're playing that mixing up the run in the past. I think one of the reasons why that stat line is so high for West Virginia and Oklahoma State is because for every pass that they throw, that means that their star freshman receiver, Richard Reese, does not get to run the ball. And that is the guy we got to stop here. Say, Stop me if you haven't heard this before. A star running back in the Big 12 is who Texas Tech is going to be playing. But this is a running back we didn't expect. It. We weren't expecting Baylor to have a running game like this. Richard Reese came out of nowhere, and he looks, he looks like a bona fide stud. You know, this feels like Groundhog Day, man. Give me your best Big 12 running back, and I will give you an excellent defensive line and linebacking core at Texas Tech. I am getting less and less. I am getting less, you know, they're, they're lulling me into a sleep here, Albie. And it feels like at some point there's going to be a running back who's going to bust it wide open. But right now, I'm like, you know what? Bring it on. You know, try to run. Try to run. Bring it on. Because I've been so confident. And, you know, DeRuiter has planned so well for these games. And these boys have trained so hard that our run defense, uh, and it may not be flashy, but, like, we are we are keeping big plays from happening on the ground, which is something you do not know as a Red Raider. Like, that's out of your memory. This generation has forgotten what that's like. And so, you know, forcing teams and, you know, forcing teams into that pass pretty much pass-heavy offense where they may feel a little uncomfortable and you'll get a little tired in that and a little predictable. Like, that's been our bread and butter this season, has it not? 
It has. I, I do think so. We are the defense right now is middle of the road in the Big Twelve in, in rushing yards allowed per game. We're fifth, literally fifth in the Big Twelve. Uh, we are second in the Big Twelve in passing yards allowed per game, and. I think that's where if we can contain Richard Reese and force Blake Shapin to pass, where it does get into our bread and butter, right? That's where the second the secondary. I have been saying this is the best secondary I've seen since 2010 because I truly believe it, and they are right here. Like they are, they are there. So if you're forcing the opposing team, that's what happened in the West Virginia game, right? Going into that second, the end of the second quarter, we forced JC Daniels to pass the ball. And now you're saying, okay, well, Tony Mathis is their star, but we can't run the ball because we're behind two touchdowns. We got to pass. And now it's let's let's go. And so that a lot, a big piece of that is taking the early lead, taking the early lead, stopping the run game, forcing Blake Shapin into making these throws where you don't necessarily have to. We're not relying on the stud Richard Reese to to show up. But I will say this, Jeremy. So Richard Reese, as I I look at his stuff right now, he is five foot nine. 175 pounds. All right. Who does that remind you of? I know who you want me to say it reminds me of. <laughs> Are you saying he's 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 akin to Deuce? Deuce Vaughn, baby. <laughs> That's it. Mighty Mouse. Deuce Vaughn is 5'6", 176 pounds. A little shorter, but same size. Uh, the talent both is... Both speed backs. Different. The talent... Uh, <laughs> dude, so I'll say this. He Richard Reese actually does remind me of Deuce Vaughn freshman year, so two years ago. But... Um, <laughs> It, it's there. Hey man. It's there. So Roderick Thompson it, reminds me of Reggie Bush. If we're just going that route, you know, okay. we're going to go this. Okay, <laughs> relax. Relax. No, but I think Richard Reese is that good, though. I think Richard Reese, if you told me, I mean, because I'll put it like this, right? Deuce Vaughn in his freshman year had 642 yards of rushing. Richard Reese has already passed that up this year alone. So really, you you making jokes, but my, my boy Reese might even be. A little bit surpassed there when we're talking freshman to freshman. Very similar body types, and I would argue he's the only running back we have not been able to stop. Deuce Vaughn did did go crazy against Tech in the one game we played against them. Yeah, that's true. Um, let me ask you this. Is there a team in the Big 12 that you think doesn't have a good running back? Um... This is a quality question. You know, because if we're just going to keep revisiting this, <laughs> I just need to. <laughs> Iowa, Iowa State, maybe? Really? Only because I can't think of who the running back is right now. Mm, okay. And if I can't think of a running back, then you must not be that great. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Think, let me tell you something. I can think of the other eight. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can think of. Yeah, Jarrell, yeah, no, Iowa State. That's the team. And that's, they're also uh, last, worse in the Big 12 in rushing. I just looked that up. So, yeah, so that, that checks out. That checks out. Jarrell Brock, sorry, bro. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't up to snuff. And I'm sure that's going to come back to bite me whenever we have the Iowa State game later this year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's the rushing attack in the Big 12 has been incredible. And Richard Reese is just another guy we're going to have to contain. Um, looking at other Baylor skill positions before we move on, you mentioned their O-line. Uh, but what about receivers? Now, Baylor, Texas Tech was, has, is still the receiving capital of Texas. I would argue where they were, yeah, receiving capital of the Big 12, receiving capital of Texas. We get receivers to the league. You know who's also right there with us? Baylor. Baylor's got a lot of good receivers in the league as well. So, uh, are there any Baylor receivers that you look at now and say, "Ha, huh, if Shapin's going to have a big day, it's going to be because going with these guys." Man, uh, probably Monterey Baldwin. Uh, he's been pretty elite all across the field. Um, you also talk about guys like, I mean, tight ends, man, Ben Sims, Drake Dabney. Uh, if you're looking back at the wideouts, Hal Presley. Um, this is this is a team that's like kind of built archetypically of off off of this molt like spread the ball around spread the love because when you spread the love and we've seen this recently with you know the way Morton attacks attacks the offense, um, it's harder for defenses to figure out like where the hell the ball is going, and so Baylor definitely kind of took that in stride and just continued to kind of share the love around and that's that's part of what makes a strong offense for sure. So I shout out to Matt. Uh, Matt is Bear from the Between Two Bears podcast because he mentioned a name that wasn't really on my radar before the beginning of the year. 
but he's he's to me probably been their best receiver all year, and that is Gavin Holmes. Uh, Gavin Holmes leads the team in receiving yards right now. He is shaping safety blanket, and that's that veteran five year senior, similar to a Miles Price on our side of saying we have a bunch of young guns, bunch of young studs that can do it. But who's that wily vet? Um, and that and well, I guess the Miles Price and now Xavier White since Miles Price has been out, but being that wily vet, Gavin Holmes has been that for Baylor. So so for sure. So, Joel McGuire was, let's talk about the elephant in the room, Jeremy. Joel McGuire was the linebackers coach and associate head coach for the Baylor Bears. Um, do you believe, as a Baylor fan, or as Baylor, not Baylor fan, as, as if you're somebody on the Baylor team, would there be any hype? Like, I got to get pumped up because, you know, revenge season against, against, Maguire, is there any like animosity? Is there any? Oh, we got to go get back at Maguire, or do you think this? Eh, no big deal. I don't uh, really care. Type you, of situation. You know, when it's a head coach, I see that. Um, I'm curious because of Maguire, but Maguire, of course, has a really. And here's the here here. I'm kind of like folding out into multiple uh, answers here. Um, no, I think primarily because of Maguire's relationship to everybody. You know, I think that he cut him straight with about his plans and what he was doing and the offer that he got. I don't think that anybody, I because remember everybody was really happy. Baylor fans were Baylor fans, Baylor athletes were really happy when he left. It's like this guy deserves a head coaching job. Now it's kind of like, okay, dang, he took some recruiters with him, like he did this, and Texas Tech is having. It's almost like a yeah, you go do it, Joey, and then secretly it's like I hope that guy freaking fails. Um, just because it's not Baylor. And now that Texas Tech is having some success, getting some attention, and the fans are, you know, outrageously over-optimistic at this point, Baylor fans kind of pissed. Uh, Baylor athletes, no, I don't think so. I think that, you know, this is a very another game on the schedule kind of thing for them. Of course, it's the butt bowl. This is the rivalry of the NCAA Division One football. Um, but I don't think that I, I, I couldn't be convinced that Baylor players had any kind of vitriol against McGuire. I do know there was a little, and I don't think it was necessarily on players. I think some Baylor fans took a, took a, took it as a snide that McGuire didn't make the trip to Waco last year. Um, he had already, he wasn't, he was the head coach of Texas Tech at the time. Whenever we played this game last November, he hadn't necessarily done any on-field coaching yet. He was really just a recruiter in chief at the time. But so some people did take a slight that he did not, go down to Waco to, to, I guess, but at the same time, you know, you're going down to Waco to, to root on your yeah. new team that you're not necessarily coaching yet against the former team. And that's just weird all around weirdness all around that. I'm sure he was just trying to avoid. Um, so that I do know there were some pieces there. I will say, I assume, and I imagine, Joey McGuire himself is going to be very up for this game. So, for those that don't know, I, I kind of talked about how the fact that he has been at Baylor for, what, the past five years. Um, and so, there's already a lot of feelings in that. Also, for those that don't know, he was up for the job after Matt Rule left. So, Matt Rule goes, takes the Carolina Panthers job. Joey McGuire is the associate head coach. Joey McGuire helped this Baylor resurgence. Baylor is in a good spot right now. Joey McGuire is of the opinion that I should get the next job. He interviews for the job. He thinks, and they talk, he talked about it, he thought he was going to get the job. He thought he was going to be the new Baylor head coach. And instead they said, yeah, but that guy at LSU, though. You know, we like, we like that guy. We like that guy a lot. We actually want him to be our head coach. And so they end up hiring Dave Aranda. Dave Aranda asks Joey McGuire, and Dave Aranda and administration, not just Aranda, they ask Joey McGuire, hey man, we didn't give you the job, but can you stick around? Can you stick and, around? Uh, and to Joey's credit, he did. I, and I actually read an interview where he said he didn't really want to, but he thought it was, it is, he's it a, was good for the program. He's a good dude. Yeah, he thought it was good for the program, good for the players if he stuck stood, uh, stuck around. And his good will paid forward when Texas Tech offered him the job later on. Um, there is an alternate universe where Baylor hires Joey McGuire and Texas Tech hires T- 
tech grad, Dave Aranda, tech grad assistant, Dave, Dave Aranda, uh, who was actually my pick. I, I actually, Dave Aranda was one of the guys on my shortlist yeah. whenever Matt Wells was up. I, I was like, that guy at DC and LSU, he'd be a good spot. Good pick. So, um, that is an alternate universe where that happens. I, we don't know what happens for both schools, you know, in that alternate universe. I don't, I don't, uh, if I have a nightmare about it tonight, and my my, um, <laughs> if you've seen, if anyone's seen Doctor Strange, know I'm going with this. Uh, you know my my uh, what's it? You what's got it. Called? Land the, it. Multiverse. I now I know the multiverse. Oh, you're talking the, about your. You got it. The what is it? The, uh, we got it. We have to figure um, this out now. Mirror dimension. <laughs> Sheesh. Your person in the other dimension. In the the your uh, uh. person in the other. <laughs> The other multiverse. Ah, oh, Lord, words are hard. Words are words are difficult. Are you saying like a like an alternate person, a doppelganger yeah, like, of sorts? But, no, but what's it what's it called in the MCU? Um, MCU multiverse other person. Lord, this is top. This is top commentary on Texas Tech Sports. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> oh my God, it's not coming up. Why isn't this Doctor Strange? I, how can I tee this up and then not know the word that I'm trying to? We have to keep this. I'm in. trying to look for. Oh God, this is gonna bother me. Do I do I just gotta keep going until we, I find it? Yes. Is that what? Is that what is gonna happen here? I need you to land this plane, um, otherwise I'm gonna be. This will be on my mind. All right, Doctor. I'm gonna tell you what I'm googling. Doctor Strange, Wanda. Ma- if you have not seen Doctor Strange two, pause this. Two now. Forward, like twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Doctor Strange, Wanda Maximoff. Uh, I guess let's try Doppelganger, and see, see if um, that tells us. No, Wanda Maximoff, multiverse person. Name. Um, uh, no, I know her name is the Scarlet Witch. Oh, I feel like I'm gonna have to read the synopsis. <laughs> you talking? Are you talking like shadow walking? You talking about when Wanda like shadow walks? Yeah, sh- yeah. What? So does she shadow walks to her what? She what is she? Sh- who is she shadow walking into? Like who's the person herself? That she shadow walks to. What is that called? No. Yeah, no. But what's it called? A vessel. So the spi- Spider Man. I'll use that too. No, the Spider Man. Okay, what are they? The Spider-Man. There's three Spider Man. Do you say Spider Man or is it going to be Spider Man? There's Spider Man and multiple like moose. No, no, no. It's not. It's not man's. No, it's Spider Man. No, I'm not saying man's. So just the, like the, the Spider Man, but like multiple Spider. So you know, you know in the. Well, you know, in the most recent Spider-Man movie, there was three. All three of them were there. Yeah, that was great. So, scene. what are they to each other? What is the what is the name of them to each other? Well, Andrew Garfield thinks that they're really good friends. No, but yeah, I guess. But like, what's that title? The name that's their you he Andrew Garfield Spider-Man is Tom Holland Spider-Man's what? I think he was Spider-Man three in that movie. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm so the lost. Word. There is a word. There is a word. Damn it. What is that? <laughs> oh my god. What is the word for the person in the other dimension? I've actually populated. Hmm. I don't know, man. Oh Variants. My god. Variant! <laughs> yes! God! <laughs> Damn it! Oh my god, variant. Alright, uh. That's the word. Never, I don't even know what we were talking about. Never invite Albie over to your charade party because he sucks. I would have <laughs> oh went with the Loki TV series because they use the word variant all the time. Um, oh, okay, or Loki. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that works too. Yeah. So we were uh, talking very, about... <laughs> listen, now start, start, start this whole topic over. I don't know what we're talking about. Let me rewind it for you. I have no idea. We were talking about the alternative universe where McGuire takes a head coaching job at BYU. Oh, and yeah. comes and he... But that would... Let's, let's follow this. That would break the timeline. The timekeepers would come so back, pointless. put us on track, so <laughs> and keep us from getting our national championship. <laughs> This is so. This whole this whole topic was so. I don't even know how much time we wasted on this episode. Oh, uh, three minutes. Are we keeping? We're not keeping this in, are we? We're not yeah. Keeping, are we keeping this in? Absolutely. <laughs> oh, this is, we'll see what that's embarrassing. Yeah, this is. I don't know. Anyways, um, 
uh, skip past all that. I think Joe McGuire is going to really want to win this game pretty badly, given everything else. That's the whole thing I was trying to say here. Um, <laughs> despite going in a uh, in a whole tangent. By the way, Black Panther Two is coming out this weekend. Uh, so, so yeah. Um, Jeremy, let's talk about Baylor's defense. Give me, give me some. I'm, I'm so derailed. Give me some players you like on their defense. Uh, nobody. So, for Baylor, man, Baylor's defense. What we were talking about. <laughs> damn. <laughs> uh, Baylor's defense has not been as powerful, I think, as they were last year. Of course, they lose a lot of key pieces. Um. The, again, I keep going back to the loss against West Virginia. If you're looking at, if you're looking at, you know, who's really performing the most for Baylor, you know, it is in the linebacking core with Dylan Doyle and Matt Jones. It's also their defensive backs. It's not really their line. It's uh, it's Al Walcott from is in the backfield of safety. Al Walcott Neal, and then you've got Mark Milton. You got AJ McCarty, uh, Devin Lemire. Like it's a lot of defensive backs, and I've said it on the podcast before. If your defensive backs make up a majority of your tackling, your defense is not that good. Um, and that's just that's just the hard facts of it because that means that, especially in the running game, opponents are getting to the second and third level of your defense and it's forcing your defensive backs to be heroes, which if you're a defensive coordinator, that's a nightmare because if they're not a hero, that's a big play. So this Baylor defense, they've got some good players. They're not playing as a team right now. I don't expect them to figure it out this weekend. Um, there's just a lot of there's just a lot of kind of ah, what's the word variance um, to the way that they play the ball, to the way that they play the way that play that that the defensive scheme is, and so it's just forced. I think that they've been easier to pick apart this year than in the past, and that's kind of coming back to bite them. Um, yeah, there's really no for me. There's no studs on this defense. That's the thing. I can't point at one guy and be like. This dude's a freaking stud. It's interesting you say that, Mr. Gillen. Um, so the Baylor Bears, when it comes to conference rankings, are fourth in the conference in points allowed per game, fourth in the conference in passing yards allowed per game, second in the conference in rushing yards allowed per game, and second in the conference in total yards per game. So even if there's not an individual person that's beasting it, the whole team defense has actually been, I would say, pretty good, pretty de- pretty uh, decent. And it, it kind of goes to that Dave Aranda, M- Joey McGuire style of defense where it's very aggressive, swarming. We kind of saw that in Texas Tech defense this year, that swarm concept. But uh, Baylor has really employed that as well as we've seen it over the, over the past few years um, going. And so I, I actually think that this is actually a pretty talented Baylor defensive team. It's one of the reasons why I thought – that Baylor was going to win the Big 12 this year was because of how talented I thought that defense was. And I, and I still think that these defenses is pretty talented, right? Um, in their – outside of their two losses. So their two losses where they gave up 36 points to Oklahoma State for, and 43 points to West Virginia. Every other game, they've held their opponent to – let's see here. Every other game, they've held their opponent to 26 or less. Right, so the BYU game, which they did lose, they still held BYU to 26. Held Iowa State to 24, Kansas to 23, uh, Iowa State to 24, and that's kind of their sweet spot. Sweet spot, and I so I think that that's that's kind of the line. I feel right if they give up more than that 20, 20 that 25 points is the line. They give up more than 25 points, probably losing. They hold us hold tech to less than 25 points, probably going to win the game. And it's all dependent on that line. You know, yes. That is great analysis, Albie. This is why you're the lead host and extraordinaire of this show forever and ever. Uh, the ephemeral, he who remains. Um, they haven't played any, they haven't beaten anybody good. That's the thing. They haven't beat anybody good. Um, the back half of their schedule is going to be worse for them, right? Dang. I, I didn't know we were going to have Texas State slander on this episode. <laughs> I was coming for Albany. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah, Texas State. Right. Man, let's let's never forget the game that they thought they were going to beat the brakes off of us. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't. I, I like the defensive scheme. But, like, the fact that, okay, 
BYU. BYU is actually not panned out. They've been they've lost three games in a row. Uh, they've skated by um, you know they they played they lost or they they beat Baylor and then they immediately go out and lay an egg against Oregon and then they beat Wyoming Utah State okay great but then they play Notre Dame loss Arkansas loss Liberty loss um, so that's not that 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 early in the season right there's a lot of hype and stuff around it that hasn't really panned out the way i thought it was because why because byu's offense isn't necessarily strong at all um iowa state iowa state's having a lot of tough times offensively iowa state's having a hard time identifying what they're doing at all as a football team right now um matt campbell's on the hot seat which you never thought that you'd really see uh for iowa state fans they're always like oh who's gonna come steal matt campbell and now they're like i don't know if matt campbell is really getting this done um I'd say hot seat for for Iowa fan for Iowa State fans. It's kind of lukewarm. It's a lukewarm casserole, but that's enough. Uh, Kansas, you lose your star quarterback, and not that Kansas is not a threat, like not a threatening te- threatening team, but they miss. They're missing the offensive power. Like they haven't been the same. You can't say that they've been the same since. Uh, Jalen Daniels. Daniels went out. Right. I mean, Bean is good, and he showed up in that uh, TCU game. Right. It's not been the same though. It's it looks different, and so like it, when Baylor plays a team with a good offense, it's kind of and I say that again. West Virginia was the anomaly, right? They've got a good offense, but apparently not also at the same time. I just think like with the, with the schedule that they have left, man, at Texas, like at Texas Tech in Norman against Oklahoma, which I really who knows what the hell to make about Oklahoma right now, but then Kansas State, TCU, and Texas back to back to back. Oklahoma's de- Oklahoma, or Baylor's defense schematically, I think, is good, and it's shown to be good. It can win them. Cha- it can win them conference championships, but something is not something is not the same this year. So you're saying they're frauds? That's all. That's all I'm hearing. <laughs> they are frauds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if we're gonna call one of the so, private schools frauds, listen, I'm more confident I, saying I, Baylor I than TCU. <laughs> listen, I don't lie to you. I don't lie to you. Usually when I do these things, I'm joking. I'm. I'm. I'm um, blowing up something really small you said, but you are calling them frauds though. You are legitimately saying that they are not as good. They haven't, and you know, you brought up a good point that I didn't think about. They haven't beat anybody, and the team they, one of the teams they lost to, also hadn't beat anybody. And, and we, if we bring up BYU, I would actually argue Tech and BYU are pretty similar, with the exception that Texas Tech. We've beaten a couple people. We've beaten Texas, right? We've beaten Houston, which will be ranked soon enough once they beat up all the bad AAC teams. Um, and BYU is right now sitting at 4-4, four and four, and they've lost to all the quote-unquote good teams they've played this year. Baylor is their best win. And so I'll actually kind of look at it and say, if we want to look at that BYU game where Baylor's coming into a night game, hostile environment, Against maybe not a great team. I don't necessarily think Texas Tech is a great team yet, but we're we're decent. We straight. We straight. You know, we're all right. Like kind of like BYU is. That that loads up pretty well. I mean, so I I don't disagree with you. Talking about real quick, I just want to do rattle off some of the some of the um, Baylor secondary guys that will be uh, a point of emphasis for them, and some of the guys that will be able to ball out for them on the defensive side. And that starts off with Al Al, Al Walcott, the guy that came in replaced Jalen Petre. He's been balling in that star star safety position, uh, leads the team in tackles. Um, also, I actually he also has a sack on the year. Not a, the guy that leads the team in sacks is Bryson Jackson. He's coming off the edge quite a bit uh, this year as well. Uh, and then you also got to look out for their interception man, the other safety, Christian Morgan, who leads the team in interceptions with those two INTs. So, Jeremy, as we get to the end of this episode, time to get into our prize picks predictions. If you are a degenerate gambler like some of us are, go to prizepicks.com, put in our promo code TORTILLAS. 12 tortillas one two and you get a hundred percent match up to a hundred dollars in prizepicks.com set all your over unders set any props that you want you can even put in a put in a um over under for australian league basketball that's right if you're a fan of the illawarra hawks go ahead and put in a uh, put in some money on them on an over under for some of their players. So that's prizepicks.com promo code tortillas 12. So first things first, Jeremy, who is the offensive player for Texas Tech that's going to need to step up in this game for us to get a W? 
Oh, man. Um, Sir Roderick Thompson. I think Sir Roderick Thompson needs to have a really good game because I think that, you know, the... Like we were talking about, like the first line of defense for Baylor isn't that strong. And so if we can continue to press the issue, I think the run game is what helps open up the passing game, as always. So, Sir Roddy Thompson. Sir Roderick, man, he's been a beast. But I was glad to see Todd Brooks back. Mm-hmm. I was tennis. glad to see Todd Brooks get yeah, get those two touches. And I want to see that balance between both of them. Like as great as Sir Roderick was a couple games, the two games before this last one, um, it's oh I think our running game's always had its best when both guys are on. And last week against West Virginia, both guys were on. Um Xavier White, baby. I'm <laughs> I you know, I love that position. I love that exposition that both both White and Miles Price play. Uh and and I think we use it we've used it beautifully. Doesn't look like Miles Price is gonna play in this game. So it's another Xavier White game, and I want him to, to blow up. So defensively, Texas Tech, which defensive player needs to needs to shine for us in order to, to hold shaping and company? Oh man. Uh give me Ooh. Man, give me big Tyree Wilson off the edge. I think that, you know, Shapin's had a lot of, hey, said it last week. I said it last week. JT Daniels, get a little pressure on him. He's going to fold. Um, I think Shapin's been sacked 14 times. Yeah. I think Shapin is. We, 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 sorry to cut you off again. Yeah. I apologize. Last week, we talked a lot about West Virginia's O line being cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to Baylor. Hey. <laughs> They're brick wall. <laughs> Brick wall, baby. <laughs> yeah, Shapin's gonna be running for his life. Tyree Wilson has a good game. Um, I, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go into secondary. I want I want to see some picks. So I want to see some picks. Rayshad Williams. Rayshad Williams, uh, one-on-one matchups I think will be in his favor. Uh, not I think you, I think we have the advantage secondary against Baylor's wide receivers. I don't think I've ever said uh in the past. 12 years. I don't think I've said that we've had an advantage over Baylor's receivers in any game when it comes to secondary, but I believe it this year. And so I give me Rayshad Williams interception. And he's a guy that I want to see. Um, I also expect a big game from Reggie Pearson, another secondary player that I want to ball out. So with that being said, Jeremy, Texas tech in this game against Baylor, two and a half point favorites. The line has moved so far in Tech's direction. It opened up. With Baylor as a plus one lead, uh, was a, a, sorry, not plus one, was a one point favorite is when the line opened. Tech is now a two and a half point favorite. That is how far the line has shifted. Um, I think some books might have opened up as Tech is a one point favorite, but either way you look at it, it's shifted in Tech's favor. What do you think? Um, about the, I got lost with the original. Where Who wins? What's the score? How do we do? Yeah, man. So uh, for me, I'm feeling really hot after saying that we would blow out West Virginia last week. And uh, guess what? We blew out West Virginia. (laughs) Um, Man, this defense, this defensive line is chaotic. Uh, They cause a lot of chaos. And so for me, Baylor's walking into another night game. Going to be, you know, I like this one to be a little bit closer. But I also think that Texas Tech will be comfortable and I say that as a Tech fan of like, I think we can win this. Um, I, give me Texas Tech actually breaking that 25 barrier, coming out with a, like, what, what 20, you know, let me do my math here. 31. Oh, shoot. How much do I, how much do I want to <laughs> piss off Baylor fans? Uh, I don't know. 31-17. Texas Tech wins it in Lubbock at 31-17. You came for me last week, bro, and what happened? What happened? All right. (laughs) All right. Uh, 31-17. Okay. I still have a little bit more confidence in Baylor as a team, even though we really crapped on them for the last 40 minutes. Um, I I still think that there is – they're still not a bad team. I still think they're a good team. And they're a team that's going to want to get back on the right track. Because if you're Baylor – Oh, Baylor fan, you should not have a good taste in your mouth of the last three games, Kansas included. Right? You got outscored twenty to, to, to seven in the second half of the Baylor or the Kansas game, and then you just lost the two games previous prior to that. You should not have any good taste in your mouth whatsoever. Um, and then on the road, if you're a Baylor fan, y'all ain't y'all ain't looked that good. Yeah. Right? The only road win that they have so far this year is a close win at Iowa State, who right now Iowa State might be the worst team in the conference. So it hasn't really bode well. They're going to want to put on a, have a good game here. This is what I'm going to say, Jeremy. 
Baylor is in this game is going to have 31 points. They're going to have 31 points in this game. Texas Tech will have 35. Texas Tech wins the game 35-31. Does beat the 25-point barrier. Um, yeah. I, hey, feels good. Night, night game. Night game. Night feels game. Good. Hey, my, my prediction actually is, is that Baylor will be down four, but they will have the ball last, and they won't be able to get it done. Yeah. Do you think it'll be a turnover or just a sad turnover on downs? <laughs> I'm going to go turnover on downs. Oh, go turnover so on downs. much worse. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go turnover on downs. Yeah. I love I, it. I, I think Baylor will have the ball last. They'll be down four with like three minutes to go, and they will not be able to get it done. Uh, it's so sad. Bring on the uh, yep. Titanic music. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to say to the people? I will be watching gallantly in Guadalajara, Mexico, rooting on the Red Raiders. It's going to be a fun one. Everybody loves a good night game. Um, not many of these games left. Season is We're on the back half of the season, so enjoy each one of these as much as you can. Are you going to be uh, annoying everybody else that you're you're with watching this this game, or is it going to be you watching it on replay later? Uh, given the nature of the Jalisco State and the cartels, I'm going to keep a pretty low profile, but I will be rooting on my team. That's <laughs> <laughs> all you mean. Not draw you attention to myself. <laughs> at, at 10 o'clock at night, you'll be huddled up, curled up in a ball like, oh, I hope the Red Raiders did well. Go team. <laughs> Go, go team. My, no, on my phone, just kind of like. <laughs> Under the covers, like, yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> what was that? Nothing. Nothing. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, so be there, be loud, be crazy. Like, I'm not just loud. Be in, go nuts. Be insufferable. If you're a student listening to this, be insufferable. Go nuts. Obviously, no throwing. I feel like that has to be. I don't have to put a caveat on that. Y'all are smart people. You listen to this smart podcast. Um, but just go crazy. Go insane. Put Wear costumes. Like, be weird, tech. Be weird. Go back to being that weird, crazy, insane group that the Baylor. I want. I want the Baylor team to be like, man, what the hell? <laughs> what, 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 what are these guys on? What's going on here? What's going on? So, that being said, Jeremy and I both predict Texas Tech W's. Hopefully, they come through. And if they do come through, Tech will be five and three on the season. This is the battle for five and three. The Butt Bowl. The winner of the Butt Bowl. Gets five W's. So um, that's exciting. So for Jeremy, the People's Chant, this is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast, part of the 1012 Network and the official podcast for Red Raider Sports. As always, stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.